Hey, everybody. Welcome back to an amazing episode of the Area 13 eBikes podcast. If you're new to the show, this is the place where you can learn all about electric bikes, products related to them, and most importantly, the people behind the scenes. So today, we are speaking with someone that decided to take a chance. They decided to take a one-way ticket to China. China was absolutely booming at the time. The Beijing Olympics were happening. So I started learning it in college. And then in 2009, I submitted a 10-year temporary leave of absence from school, essentially just dropping out, bought a one-way ticket and headed over to China to go see what the fuss was all about. At the age of 19, FLX Bike and Miles Board founder Rob Rast dropped out of college and purchased a one-way ticket to China, where he lived for nine years. As a pilot, an avid biker, a surfer, and a skateboarder, Rob has always been addicted to performance and that good adrenaline rush. In 2016, Rob combined his passions in biking, green tech, and fitness to start FLX Bike, where he seriously moved into a factory in China to oversee every detail of the production process. But today, he leads a team of passionate professionals, cyclists, and engineers with a mission to get more people out of cars and onto bikes. This is the Area 13 eBikes Podcast. All right, on today's episode, we have Rob Rast, the founder and president of FLX. Thank you so much for being with us. Jessica, thanks so much for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure to finally join the show. I know that a lot of people know you because of your famous bikes called the Baby Maker. Is that right? That is right. Yeah, the Baby Maker has quite a reputation. <laughs> it's one of the many, actually, that has a, an amazing reputation. One of the taglines on your website says, we're going to make the world a little less gray and a little more green. And I think that really says it. You're really making sure that people can get out there and enjoy some exercise and get that positive endorphin thing running through their body, right? Totally. And kind of a funny story behind that. I was living in, in China at the time when we first launched the company, and we would do these outdoor workout events on the weekends just to get some people together, play some football or something. And half the time, the pollution would be so bad, you couldn't see two or three miles in front of you. And you'd go, go home after playing some football and just feel absolutely sick. Say what you will about climate change, global warming, but air pollution is absolutely undebatable. And by replacing some car miles or bike miles or e-bike miles, we can definitely do a small part towards reducing that air pollution. And so when you experienced working out with people, were you riding e-bikes besides playing football? Uh, riding normal bikes. We did some of that. Uh, this is in Beijing, China. Um, but I'm, I'm big into fitness. So we'd get people together and we'd do like an outdoor workout or some flag football soccer, things like that. So what led you to China in the first place? I had a mentor in high school. And every time I saw the guy, he was the most successful dude I knew. He would say, Rob, if you want to be successful someday, you got to learn Chinese and go to China. And I thought he was crazy because he didn't speak Chinese. And I don't think he'd ever even been to China, but he had great vision. China was absolutely booming at the time. The Beijing Olympics were happening. So I started learning it in college. And then in 2009, I submitted a 10-year temporary leave of absence from school, essentially just dropping out, bought a one-way ticket, and headed over to China to go see what the fuss was all about. Wow. And you spent a lot of that time on a bike. Is that right? I did, yeah. You know, I, I love cycling my whole life. I've never been racing bikes or anything like that. I just, I just like to ride. 
one time in China, I bought my girlfriend a, a bike for her birthday. I got, uh, had my own road bike. And we set off on a trip around this island we were living on. It's a 500-mile round trip around the island. And by the end of day one, she was just dying. She couldn't move anymore. So she headed back and I went on solo. And I absolutely hated it, the riding portion, because the biggest takeaway on that ride was that after about 30 miles, an hour or so of riding, you get to a point of diminishing returns where you're like, why am I doing this? Why am I still riding? So did this experience, did this lead you to actually building e-bikes? You wanted to change things and make them better? Yeah, that was one of the, the major events in my life that led to it. After that ride, I decided, hey, I'm, I'm not going to do these long rides anymore. If I want to go somewhere far, I need some power. I need a motorcycle or something. Later, I had tried my first e-bike, which was a Stromer. And I thought that was really cool. That was in about 2012. But the bike was seven grand. And I thought, you could make this for a thousand or two thousand bucks and have it just be just as good. And that's what we ended up doing in 2014. Started designing some prototypes, launched them in 2016. And we had a bike that could compete with the $7,000 Stromer that people could order for a thousand bucks on our Indiegogo campaign. We didn't have very much experience in the bike industry or advertising marketing at all, but it really resonated with people just getting that performance in a sexy bike for, for that kind of money. And it took off on us. And tell me a little bit about your Indiegogo campaign. That's been very popular. So when you say that you haven't had much experience in marketing, you guys must have gotten really lucky. Yeah, definitely. I think we were in the right place at the right time. And we built the product for us. Just wanted to build something that we would love to ride and be proud to ride, something that looked great, that performed great. And as far as launching it, we had a couple of options. One was to go out and just build a bunch of them and then figure out how to sell them. The other one was to sell them first, which is using a site like Indiegogo, where we can say, hey, here's the prototypes. We're going to make you bikes just like these, and you'll get a big discount. Uh, the caveat is we get the money first, take the money, and then go and build them. So there's some uncertainty on when they get delivered. But that campaign did $2 million for us, our, our first bike launch in 60 days. We were absolutely thrilled with that, and it's a great way to kind of kick things off and get our production running in good volume. And from there, it's been like holding on to a rocket ship. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's been a fast ride for sure. A lot of your bikes actually don't show exposed wires. And the Baby Maker specifically, and also coming up the Baby Maker 2, looks like they're really there's really no indication that it's an e-bike. Yeah, that's one of our design ethos is, is just to make it as simple as possible. They say good design is when you have everything you need and nothing more. It's really about subtraction to get to the, the most simple uh, version of the product that you can do. So with the Baby Maker, for example, we got rid of the shifter. We got rid of the gears. We got rid of the chain and switched it out for a belt, which is simpler. Uh, we got rid of the brake cutoffs. So it's more wires. And we're left with just the, the most simple version of an electric bike you can have that anybody could hop on and ride regardless of training or uh, how familiar they are with the bike. And that's really resonated with people who don't want all the fuss, but they want all the fun. Well, that's what it's all about. We really want to just get on our bikes and ride and not have to worry about too many buttons or things we have to maneuver around. So that's great. You went really simple with that. Is the Baby Maker 2 also simple? Is there maybe like something different between the first version and the second? Yes. Yeah, so the Baby Maker 2 is just building on the success of the one. It keeps all the same simple design principles. The bikes are almost indistinguishable to the untrained eye. The geometry has changed a little bit on them. 
the the reach is a little bit longer on the two, so it's a bit more of a comfortable um, experience for most users. And then the biggest thing is the battery has increased. We've gone from 18650 cells to 21700 cells, which at the end of the day gave 40% more capacity than the original. And one more thing that we're super proud about with this round of DataMaker 2s is that we're assembling them right here in the United States. Yeah, I saw that. Assembling in Detroit, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Motor City, Detroit. Nice. So you're bringing work back to the U.S. I love that. That's really important. There are so many things built overseas. And so how has that process been going for your team located in Detroit? Is it easier with communication? It's been very interesting. It's, you know, the first time producing in the U.S., we were expecting it to have a lot of advantages by building things locally. And it certainly is when people order it and it comes right off the factory floor and, sh- and can ship out within just a couple of days straight from the factory is awesome. There are some logistical challenges involved in that as any e-bike manufacturer will have just in, in terms of getting all the components, making sure everything's on time. Because if you're missing one thing, like say, for example, the pedals or the handlebars, then you're stuck. You've got everything, but you can't build a bike. So it really takes a, a detailed eye and a lot of work from the team to make sure everything's on point. For sure. And so your other bikes, such as the Step Through 2.0, you've got a fat tire bike. It sounds like you're really diversifying the line a little bit to apply to people that maybe can't swing their leg over easily or people that want to ride on a different terrain. Have you found that it's been more beneficial to expand from the first few bikes that you put out? Yeah, that's a great question. So the the first few bikes, we had a, a small range of bikes that you could choose from. And then we had people saying, well, hey, you know, I need a step through version of this. Or do you guys make a fat tire bike? I want a fat tire bike. And it's really just about listening to our customers, finding out what they, how can we serve our customers a little bit better? What models would serve them and go and build those. And we only do them in a case that we can make a really cool product, something that's compelling versus what else is out there. We've launched six generations of our trail bike, uh, loads of iterations on that. We've launched the Gladiator. Uh, that's a fat tire bike step through. We have the Blade 2.0, which is just our top of the line bike. It can go 35 to 40 miles per hour off-road for the people who are crazy like me. <laughs> You've got that adrenaline rush in your bones. What about the weapon? Tell me a little bit more about that bike. You've done your research. <laughs> the weapon is our full suspension, carbon fiber, electric mountain bike. We designed this thing uh, with racing in mind, downhill racing, and just spec'd it out with the best of everything we could get. It's really an amazing bike. The feel of it is is so incredible. And our mechanic every day comes to my office, he's like, hey man, can I take the weapon out? Can I take the weapon? And sometimes I gotta tell him no because you gotta keep knife for filming. But that just speaks to to how fun the ride is. It's really an addictive bike. And that's gonna be coming out here probably towards the end of the year. And then you have the weapon X. I'm kind of curious why you didn't call it like the secret weapon. Ooh, I like that. Maybe it's too long. <laughs> the secret weapon. That's great. The Weapon and Weapon X are are two different specs of the same bike. Uh, The Weapon is more of a a spec down version of it. And then the Weapon X is the top shelf, best of everything you can get. Kind of appeals to two different price brackets and types of consumers. Yeah, that makes sense. And I also saw that on your website, you sell accessories for your bike. Somebody was carrying a surfboard? 
Yeah, I think I think we do sell surf racks. Um, it's super popular here in San Diego, especially with the Bandit bike, which is a little like bench seat cruiser e-bike. Just throwing a surfboard on that and taking it out to surf is pretty cool for the folks that live close enough to the beach to do it. That is so fun. I would think that it might get a little bit heavy. My stand-up paddleboard is quite heavy, so I would be nervous, but that's cool that it works. Very neat. Yeah, you got, you got to watch out when you're carrying a surfboard on a bike, but the, the racks do do pretty well. Awesome. So you're expanding, you're growing by what your customers are asking for, as any amazing e-bike company should be doing. You're bringing more to the U.S. as far as assembly. What's next for you guys? Well, we always have multiple products in the pipeline at one time. I think we, we're currently prototyping three new models, which we're super excited about. And always looking for, for fun things to do. For example, a jet bike or electric airplanes, things like that. Uh, exactly what's going to be next, I can't say, but I can't say stay tuned because the future is extremely, extremely exciting. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you came up with some of the bike names? Yeah, so anytime we have a product that's coming out, a new product, we'll kind of just brainstorm, just throw throw names back and forth. And it's a combination of, one, uh, does anybody else have that name? Because that's that'll be out if it's a bike with that name. And two, do we like it? Does it make us excited? Does it make us laugh? So the baby maker is probably our most controversial name. My buddy and I were just sitting throwing names back and forth and he said the baby maker and we both kind of smiled and looked at each other and knew we probably shouldn't do that. And also we have to do that. So we named it the baby maker. It's just a fun name, uh, very similar to the experience you have when you're riding an e-bike. It makes you smile. It makes you laugh. And if it doesn't, maybe it's not the bike for you, but <laughs> it's a fun experience if you have the right attitude. Oh my goodness. I was also checking out your website. You have an extended protection program. You have a team that's pretty live on social media. You've got interns from the local colleges. It sounds like you're just really into growing and not letting anything hold you back. It seems like this is totally true to the way you started this whole thing. You had a one-way ticket to China and you're just going to go. Yeah. I can't say that we've done everything right. I, I do really appreciate the praise. We make mistakes every day because we're humans, but part of what we do is sitting down and learning from those mistakes. Sometimes it's painful lessons, and those are the ones that stick with you the most. And each time we do that, we grow stronger as a company, and we're able to serve our customers a little bit better. We're certainly not perfect, but we strive every day to, to get there and be a little bit better for our riders. Are you happy that you pivoted and dropped out of college and went and did this? That's a deep question because who knows what the future would hold. But right. I'm, I'm very, very pleased with the, the growth I've had personally from all the challenges that an industry like this can bring. It sounds as though you're just very resilient, which is awesome and important in this industry for sure. Got to be. I'm just excited about what you have coming up and I can't wait to see what's next. Jessica, thank you so much. It's been a, a, a total pleasure talking with you and I can't wait for the next one. That was such a fun interview with Rob Rast of FLX Bike. And I'm sure that we have a lot of other amazing interviews coming up. Be sure to stay tuned every week, Tuesday. We'll be releasing more podcast episodes on the Area 13 eBikes podcast. And if you have a guest suggestion, I'd love to hear it. So email me at info at area13ebikes.com. And if you just want to share how much fun you're having on those trails or the streets, feel free to do that. 